Hi, Jay. Hello. Today, the topic is no topic. Today, the topic is we're going to go about it on the fly and see what comes of it. Basically, we're just going with the flow. We can't tell in advance what this is going to be about, but the main topic will emerge. Yeah, I'm actually going to start. I'm I'm going to start off right now with with something that might get our creative juices flowing. So you love being a nomad in a way. You love traveling, and I think you you that gives you energy in an interesting way. How long of a period of time can you stay in one place without getting that feeling <laughs> where you have to get away? <laughs> Not long. <laughs> That's what I can say. Uh, I think that's a great question, and what a kickoff. I love being a nomad for many reasons, but the primary reason I love being a nomad is it keeps me in a weird way grounded with the with the ephemeral quality of life ephemeral the you know the sort of transientness the you know the not the sort of the the transient nature of existence the the, the the i was always drawn to you know this the nomads i thought they were you know really now i like my creature comforts but so i'm not gonna yeah. be in a tent or anything like that you know i'm not gonna be like uh like <laughs> of course that, that's not what i meant in australia yeah. but but i but I, those people inspire me the aboriginals in australia you know the bedouins even the, the american native native americans basically were nomads in territory right mm-hmm. so i mean that those those you know the eskimos i mean the, those are those are very interesting very unique peoples yeah and i'd I say yeah go ahead I think they have deeply, they're deeply rooted, they're more deeply rooted in the notion that life is, you know, temporary, not that there's some kind of, you know, way of avoiding, you know, mortality or whatever it is, you know, by buying a house. Yep. So what's interesting to me is that I find it really important to travel and to be in different places frequently because it takes you out of the sandbox that you live in and it, it puts you in a different environment with, with people who are, who have different norms and different things that they care about. And I think in, as to what you just said, it grounds you quite a bit. Uh, It makes you understand that the, so for those who don't know, I live in this little beach town called Cardiff, California, and it's this bubble of call it perfection to where you don't have to leave, you could be here year round and be content. But I think when you leave a town like this, and, and for, I'm sure there's many other people who have a similar um, living setup, you realize that you're so morphed into this subset of society that you kind of forget uh, that there's a big world out there. And if, if you don't put yourself in those other situations, and I think this is what you were alluding to, you start to lose a grip on uh, 
what's really maybe going on in the, in this world and what other what other groups of people are thinking about and call it cultured but i think it's just being a well-rounded person um yeah 100% i mean to me it's you know first thing it's a, it's a privilege that we have that we can actually do you know in previous yes. uh generations before you know 100 years ago only the very wealthy could do it. The rest of everyone else was basically localized, mostly. If not, That's they true. were immigrants, and they were and they're immigrating to a different locale, but they weren't traveling the world. You know, so I think that's already a privilege. And you know, like I said, I'm the Aboriginals have always inspired me because they never, you know, actually had a domicile. In the in the sort of the, the sort of the early days, maybe pre-Anglo days, um, the Aboriginals of Australia, and that you know they had this you know incredible, fantastical you know spirituality that was you know very unique. They've always been fascinating and um, and inspiring. So I you know to answer to your question is. I don't like to stay more than, you know, I usually within in the within 2 weeks I start getting the itch. Mm -hmm. At the most. I got to go to the next locale. So traveling can be challenging and every everything from remembering what you need to bring to just understanding the flow of travel dealing with delayed flights, delayed this and that. And what are, what are some things that you've kind of learned over, over the years to make that, to ease that process and to, to become a professional traveler, if you will. Professional traveler is what my best friend called me many, many years ago. PT. It's, it's a, it's a skill. It is. You are a professional traveler. You're not. Um, I try to spend as little time as I can in airports, but, you know, but lately I've been actually taking more of a buffer. Um, but honestly, when it comes to, um, surviving the, uh, the experience in a repeated basis, first thing, you know, you have to get into the zone into the Zen zone, which is like the minute you're in on, in, the minute you cross into the terminal, you know, unless something really extreme happens, like, you know, suddenly the flight gets pushed to tomorrow or, you know, or six hours from now and whatever, then you just have to just take it easy. And, you know, and if it, that, though, that does occur, then you need to act real fast. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, if a six, if, if suddenly the, the the plane is delayed till tomorrow or six hours, it's happened to me. All those things happen to me. Then everybody rushes to the, you know, to the to the customer service and tries to, you know, re-sculpt their trip. So you got to move real quick. But in between those, like those, if there aren't those triggers and it's just a rolling thing, you just have to, you know, just let it flow. And, you know, I, I'm privileged to travel so much in a way that I also have a lot of, you know, comforts that come with traveling a lot. 
like I go to lounges and stuff like that. So I, you know, I don't really, I, I just feel like in today's world where you're still connected anywhere, anywhere and anyway and anywhere, then it doesn't really matter where you are in a given moment, right? I mean, unless you have a meeting face to face with somebody, you, does it matter whether you sit at home or in a car or on a plane or in the lounge, you're on your computer and you're, or on your mobile device and you're, you know, working, being entertained, communicating, surfing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But but you're mostly on that device, right? So does it really matter where you are? You're sitting at home, you're sitting in a car or whatever. No, it doesn't really that much matter. I mean, it does matter. Maybe home, but when you're not at home, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I find that point really interesting because you'll be with a group of people or or you'll just be, you know, in, say you're in a plane and you're waiting for the for the gate to open up so that you can get out. And you have people who are very, um, they're very uncomfortable sitting in that seat. And you think about it, you, they're sitting, they wouldn't be doing anything different necessarily unless they were going straight home. And so I, it's being, I think being comfortable in that uncomfortable state um, is a, it seems like a big unlock for a professional traveler. And to just go with the flow and understand that with travel, there's a lot of things that are out of your control. And, to, yeah. and also to enjoy it to some degree. Look, you know, if you think about how people got from place to place, if they ever did, even if they had the means getting from place to place in a hundred years ago, it took days, weeks. And now we do it in hours. So it's all relative. That's a great point. It's good point. to have perspective, you know, it's good to have perspective yep. and, and like I said, always be ready to pout. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you might need to <laughs> run for the customer service, you know, desk, jog. Um, jog. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I mean, I think that the, uh, by the way, I love being in planes because there is, um, uh, even if you are connected to the internet some of the time, I think there is a certain kind of disconnect respite. You know, uh, I mean, I agree. It used to be it, the minute, you know, the, the broke the barrier of the internet into the plane, then there was no way to avoid it. Everybody had to have it. But until they did that, you just accepted that you were not connected during your during a, a flight, and there was something very nice about that. You know, I agree. Now it's just another spot. <laughs> you know. So, um, taking a meeting on a plane, yes or no for you? <laughs> taking a meeting on a plane, I've made. Have you? I've made connections on a plane. I've never, you know, made a, you know, I've made connections on planes, but I've never like said to somebody, you know, Hey, let's meet on this flight from going from here to here. That's no, 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 that's not what I meant. So like getting on a zoom or getting on, like getting oh, on a oh, call oh, oh, on a yes, plane. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken, I've taken zoom calls from over the Atlantic. 
<laughs> uh, How's the connection? Uh, this is very early days, very early days. This is, you know, like 2013, 12, 13, something like that, 14. And early early days for Wi-Fi and internet-based Wi-Fi, so uh, airplane-based Wi-Fi. And I, you know, and at that point, you know, there was not a lot of controls and where you would, you know, there was no, they hadn't yet figured out, oh, we need to basically block those sites because people will be streaming stuff. Right, today mm. you can't really get on Zoom on a plane. But, or uh, Netflix, days, or yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, not today. You can start doing Netflix because actually there are, there are some like Delta I've seen have you know high speed already, and they let you stream. So I would imagine they would let you, you know, open up a Zoom call. Uh, 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 if not, if it wasn't for the fact that you know you'd be making noise, and that would be annoying to people because you tend to be louder when you're on a meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe you'll have your right your your speaker on. So, anyway, the bottom line is, it's clear that you know that it's not a very uh, polite activity or you know in, in, intrusive to others. So I think that that's why they're blocking it. But I think that in terms of technology, technology, they can probably do it, no problem. But I but at the time, there were not a lot of people subscribing to the to the airplane based Wi-Fi when you were flying at the very beginning, just nobody said, Oh, who needs that? You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. just didn't want it, you know, until it started really catching on. So only, you know, and it was very expensive. So only people who kind of were, you know, working on these transatlantic flights like me, you know, and even I was probably pushing the, the envelope at that point you know, buy this, buy the service, get on with Zoom. It wasn't blocked yet. And I had a few Zoom calls over like <laughs> Greenland, you know, and, and they were, and they were actually pretty good because there wasn't a huge amount of traffic on the, on the line. They were, I was, I would say they were, you know, more than adequate. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Anymore. And I don't want to do it anymore. It wasn't a, it was, it, it was, it was really cool, no, cool novelty, you know, to actually call somebody from on your computer. Yeah. You know, well, there used to be phones. Atlantic. There used to be, there used right. to be phones and in that the, was in the headrest. So anyway, so that's, that's so much for plain isolation, plain yeah. meditation. Okay. So I know that you're not, your, your opinion of a work life balance is not necessarily one or the other oh boy so you're, you're you're starting with the wrong description already it's not work-life balance it's professional life and personal life okay yep okay All so life. professional and There's personal no life. work work is not outside of life yep life and work are one this is your work life and this is your personal life that's okay yeah but it's all life so, so on that, on that train of thought, how often are, so let's say you're traveling to a new place, a place you haven't been in a while, or a place that you just want to experience something on a personal level. How often are you trying to mix in a personal event along with work travel? And how, how do you look at molding those two separate yet equal 
paths, how do you mold them together? So the first question is, how often do I mix those two? Yes. And the other is like, how do you actually do it? Like, like, how can you be prescriptive about it? Right. So the answer to your first question, do you know what that is? No. Always. Always. I always merge between, you know, what I would consider, you know, kind of personal interests and business interests in a, on a trip. Because especially when you're traveling and going to, you know, to places that where you do not live, then there's always opportunity to experience new things or different things. And so, and that just enriches your sense of place and maybe how you relate to people when you're there. And, uh, and it, 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 it provides for strength in some level to, enrich the business trip with, with, you know, kind of personal nurturing and care and opening to things. Yeah. And that's what I do. I always do. I haven't, I've always done it. It's been one of my motivators too, to be in international business, mm -hmm. like, you know, non-local business. But even non-local, not just from the point of view of where I live, but from the country that I live. I like the idea of international business. Yeah. We've spoken about that before. I know. On a previous episode, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, that those two things, part, but I'm connecting it to that because I'm saying there is a motivator for that. The, mo the really deep motivator is because I really like to, you know, to experience and feel like I'm in, I live in the world, not just, you know, in a certain place. I could, you know, I, 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 you know, I, it's always been sort of a goal for me to feel like I can land almost anywhere and feel like I'm home. Yeah. Or at least I feel to feel like I, I, I know where to go and have a certain sense of, you know, um, confidence, comfort, familiarity yeah so it's funny you say that there's um a famous professional surfer by the name of kelly slater and he he has that he talks about it quite often where he says at this point in his life he looks at the world as his home he's got families he stays with wherever he goes he you know he's just, he just has his it's so dialed that he you know i'm sure he feels at home wherever his actual homes are but it's a cool feeling when you look at the globe and, and you feel comfortable wherever, you, wherever, whatever pocket you want to, where you want to be in. There you have the topic for the, uh, for the uh, podcast, being, feeling at home wherever you are. Yeah. Being a no band is a way of life. <laughs> are there any places that you, that you try and get to every, every year? Kind of maybe further away from from Cleveland. I know Japan was a was a pretty enlightening trip for you. I mean, I, that. yeah. I mean, I I go back to the same places, of course, and but the sort of the weight has has shifted. Mm -hmm. Like my key cities, you know, it's all cities. Now, for other people, it might be countries. 
you know, countryside or the wilds. For me, it's all cities. What are the uh, cities? Not, not, not that I don't like, by the way, nature or going outside, but I like cities. Uh, what cities? I mean, primary like, cities. Top three. I would, oh, I mean, primary cities are that outside of where I live is, I would say, you know, I don't know, top five, New York, mm-hmm. London, Paris. I mean, I hang out in Lisbon. Yep. And, and Tel Aviv. I mean, I love Tokyo. And I'd say the last one would be Copenhagen. Oh. Uh. And that's with discounting the, the southern hemisphere. Because you Cause spent a lot of time in Brazil, right? Yeah, because there I would say Sao Paulo and Rio for sure, and some in Mexico City, and and I mean Sydney, Sydney for sure. I've not been to Cape Town, but here it's, it's great. Mm. Mm. In terms of, I'm just going to throw this out because I naturally think of food. Where do you have a favorite restaurant in the world in one of those cities? I mean, down there for a meal. Yeah, I mean, I've gone back to Noma in Copenhagen any number of times. I think more we already at five times, maybe. And uh, it's always a, you know, a wonderful experience. It's just all, it's all heart. And also incredibly, very, a lot of precision, you know, so it's got this great combination of like warmth and, you know, sort of creativity. And at the same time, it's got like steely precision. Kind of reflects being Danish. And, you know, and I think it's really, really a great place, a great restaurant. I really do love it. Uh... Other restaurants, I mean, there's a Japanese restaurant in New York City that I go to almost every single time, and that is Blue Ribbon Sushi. And, you know, again, you know, it's this combination of something kind of feeling, feel that has that kind of, on one hand, very warm, cozy feel to it, but what they produce is always, you know, super, super, you know, high quality and precise and replicated mm-hmm. into consistently. I have a lot of respect for that. Consistency is key. Yeah. If you were if if you were going to move permanently to any one of those other cities, which one would it be? Paris. 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 Nothing quite like Paris. So, so back to travel. It's the king of cities. Um, yeah, Thanks. I've actually never been. So, no, over there. Yeah, I've never been. It's the master. It's the master city. I mean, New York's a great. I mean, New York's the greatest yeah. city on earth. But, yeah. but because it has a lot of different things to it, but as like a place that has you know kind of consistent quality and 
it's not even in, in, like a very, you know, rich experience. You have to go. No, no, no. So, 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 so back to travel right now, though, I kind of, uh, we went off into restaurant land, which I love talking about, obviously, yeah. but um, I think in, we're, we're trying to center this episode around travel. And I think, um, well, the, the whole idea of being at home wherever you are. Yeah. At home wherever you are. I think it takes a lot of a lot of time to get to that place too. I mean, people get home. I think the the more the more you stay in one place, the more you start to get homesick or understand kind of that feeling. Um, I'm not discounting so. the power of home. By the way, when I get home, it feels very nice. Yeah, believe me. It, you know, you can relax. You're, you know, you're feeling like you know protected. And there's own, no place like home. In your own cocoon. But after two weeks, I'm ready to move on. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always nice to come back home. Yeah. Exactly. I think you know you you know you love where you live when you're getting done with the trip and you're excited to get back home. Of course, but in order to get back home, you need to be on the road. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as my my teacher used to say, you can't have you know right hand without a left hand. You know, you can't feel like vacation is a vacation unless you have work. We've talked about it. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, this is the same thing. You can't come back home unless you haven't left home, if you haven't left home. So I get lots of opportunities to feel great about coming back home. Yeah. So so any last thoughts on travel? I mean, we kind of got the, the step-by-step guide. We got cities. We co- We covered a lot of things here, but... Um, so one thing, one, the, one thing, the one thing I would recommend not to do as I do, <laughs> my meaning don't do what I do, is cut it too close getting into the airport. <laughs> it's not conducive for good, for, for, you know, low blood pressure and, you know, <laughs> calm. And nobody likes being in sweaty when you arrive at the gate just knowing that you have to go sit on a five-hour flight i mean i mean this is uh you know something that i've always felt very proud of that i can i can get to the i can i used to say i i feel i'm wasting time unless i'm jumping from the jetway into (laughs) the plane you know as they're closing the door but I can tell that is you a bold that. way to live. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I can tell you that it's it's gotten old, <laughs> and I'm happy to now come earlier. I know a few. So people you give yourself get, like a 15 minute buffer. No, no, no. I'm giving myself a lot more now. I think there are a lot of people who would be very happy to hear that I've, you know, I've surrendered to <laughs> more conventional ways of getting to the airplane. That's funny. So yeah. leave yourself time. That's it. Get take 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 your time. Get there in due course. 
spend an extra hour if you have to in the airport, it will contribute to sanity <laughs> and your calm and demeanor. Jeez, well, I just got home on Wednesday, but I'm already looking forward to getting out of here after this conversation. So wow. thanks for your time. Um, 